Welcome to the Brown Vegan Podcast, your source for starting a simple, delicious, and long-term vegan life. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes for weekly tips and inspiring conversations with other vegans. Now, here's your host, Monique Koch. Hey, I hope all is well. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're on episode 28 of the Brown Vegan Podcast. Of course, of course, I love to interview other vegans and share my experiences. It's been a while. I know, I know. Don't fight me. No, but seriously, you know, family vacations and I spoke at a conference and I'm working on a project behind the scenes. And it's just like so many things that are going on, so many moving parts that Sometimes it's hard for me to get on and do a podcast. I'm trying to figure out ways to make this a lot easier for me. Maybe I can get someone to maybe edit for me to make the process easier, kind of outsource some of these parts. But you would think that it's like so simple to just schedule interviews and edit and you know, promote it and do a blog post and all of those things for each episode. But, you know, it's a lot more work that goes into it than a lot of people probably realize. This is why I wanted to bring Chef Ifa Yomi on the show. And I say her name like that because I was struggling during the interview to try to get her name right. I'm like, Ifa Yomi, Ifa Yomi. So yes, Chef Ifa Yomi is on a podcast today. And we're going to talk about being vegan business and turning your passion into a business because there's a lot of us who put a lot of time and energy into this. And why why not monetize this? Why not make this something that you really, really enjoy um, in a way that serves other people and also helps you, you know? So I thought that it would be great to have her come on and share how she has been able to turn her business into a thriving business and how she is having so much fun traveling, meeting people, catering, uh, dancing, everything, how she's been able to turn that into a, a profitable business for herself. You know, she started her journey Back in, I think it was 2007 when she started and it was for health reasons and how that has helped her help other people. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation with Chef Ifayomi. You can get all of the resources and everything we mentioned at brownvegan.com. I am excellent. Thank you for having me. How are you? I'm good. Of course, I had to have you on to share your vegan story because I think that, um, like I told you before we start recording, it's so important to get these stories out to help other people move forward in their journeys. So why did you become a vegan? Well, I became a vegan primarily for health reasons initially. I was um, already a practicing vegetarian. Um, well, actually, and I learned this just becoming vegan, I really wasn't a vegetarian. I was that vegetarian that said, I'm a vegetarian, but I eat fish. That's what I was. <laughs> I know some of those people. <laughs> right, exactly. And so then I had to learn, you know, that that wasn't a vegetarian. But at the time I was eating fish, I was still eating dairy. And then um, I, I eventually cut out fish, but I was still eating dairy. And I kept telling myself, oh my gosh, you know, I can't let this go. How am I going to give up cheese and blah, blah, blah. And um, then I have um, my first career. I was a dancer, a fitness instructor, a personal trainer. And so I was, I've always been relatively healthy and relatively fit most of my life. And um, I got very, very ill at a point where I thought that I was very, very healthy in my life. And um, it was very, very life-changing for me in the sense that they didn't expect me to live. They actually told me I needed to get my affairs in order, oh. quite frankly. And, um, you know, it was a shock to me because, like I said, I, I was at a point in my life where I thought I was healthy. And 
um, I remember being in the hospital. I was there for like two weeks and just kind of meditating and being in my own silent prayer, just asking for guidance and help and then saying, if you show me what it is that I need to do, creator, universe, God, whatever, you know, then not only will I do it and be obedient to that, but if it is a process that's going to heal me, then I will share that with the rest of the world. And I came out of the hospital and I couldn't live by myself and my girlfriend came and got me um, and I lived at her house in her bedroom. And as soon as we walked through the door, there was a book on her table that was literally standing up facing me. And the interesting part about it was I had seen that book probably about three months prior to that in, in Walgreens. And um, I got the book and I couldn't hardly sit up and hold my head up without being in excruciating pain. So I read the book on my back, waited up, you know, over my eyes. And it was like everything in that book I absorbed and it changed my life. And from that point on, I embarked upon a intense 30-day detoxification program. And once I came off that detoxification program, I ate a raw food diet for another seven days. And from there, I became vegan. And it has changed my life in a way that you could not even imagine. So what year was this when you read this book and had all your health issues? It was, um, I want to say, 2000 and it was either the end of 2006 or the end of 2007. So, yeah, about eight years ago, actually. Wow. So do you remember the name of the book? Yes, I do remember the name of the book. It was Kevin Trudeau's Natural Cures That They Don't Want You to Know. About. Oh, I've heard of this one. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. You know what's funny? Because yes. I actually saw that. I think the first time I saw him, and this is so random, but it was probably like five years ago, four years ago on an infomercial or something like yeah. that. And I was just like, what is this guy talking about? <laughs> so I didn't really like, so that's like legit. Okay. That's it's very awesome. legit. It that's is. Awesome. It, it, um, it just opened my eyes to so many things, including that whole thing that I'm a vegetarian, but I still eat, eat fish. fish. <laughs> Right. So and all of that and how people, you know, create these things to accommodate these names and situations and all of that to accommodate what it is that they want to continue to do or what it is that they want to need or what it is that they need, you know, pescatarian and all of this other kind of stuff that has nothing to do with, you know, being a vegetarian um, It's just something that they they created so that they can. Continue. Do that and right yeah. exactly continue to eat that. So um so yeah so that was the book and then um as I read that book and just absorbed it and really studied it then that took me in another direction and in another direction and I've always cooked all my life actually. Um, I come from a family of southern uh, strong southern people and. I came up in an era where men really didn't do too much cooking. Women were in the kitchen doing cooking and we had a big family and as a girl, as a young girl coming up, you participated in something and so not everyone in the family, not all the women got 
was as natural as a cook as I eventually became. And so I was already there and I kept saying, oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to continue to eat greens and macaroni and cheese and, you know, uh, sweet potatoes and all of these things that are so much connected to who I am and my culture, first of all. And secondly, because I really, really enjoy them, you know, how can I do this? And so I believe that not only what you're looking for is looking for you, but when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And so everything just started appearing for, you know, knowledge, information, you know, how to do this. It seemed like right at that moment, you know, Whole Foods became like this major chain, whereas prior to that, it was only one here, one there, one here, one there. And then they had all of these things. And then I just, the internet, oh my God, I just started searching everything and everybody on the internet, vegan, vegetarianism, this, this, that, that. And um, I ended up connecting with the vegetarian resource group in Baltimore, Maryland. And um, my connection with them even broadened my experiences and my knowledge about being vegan, preparing vegan food, shopping for vegan food, how to make those adjustments in your family, if you have a husband, if you have children, when you're entertaining, when you go out to eat. And so I had those resources available to me and I utilized them. Wow. And as a result of that, I was able to incorporate all of that into who I was becoming. And so then I start, I've always given like dinner parties and, you know, entertained at my home, my family and friends, and everybody has always loved the way that I cooked. As a matter of fact, before I became vegan and um, started moving around, I actually used to sell dinners um, a long, long time ago. And my family called me Cookie. And so I, ca I called it Cookies Cooking, vegetarian initially. And, um, and so then I ended up shifting that. But my friends were like, oh my gosh, you should think about becoming a chef. My family's like, I told her you should be a chef. You should do this. You should do that. And so I was like, hmm, well, I don't want to be a chef in like the traditional way of being a chef. I need some flexibility in my time and this and that. So I'll become a personal chef. And um, I was living in Las Vegas. I had just moved there and I had got came through my illness and all that and decided that this was something that I wanted to pursue. And they had opened up a Whole Foods in the area in which I lived, a brand spanking new one. Mm -hmm. And it had a cooking demonstration kitchen in the middle of the store. And so I said, wow, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna come here and I'm gonna start doing cooking demos and then I'm gonna give out cards and brochures and this is how I'm gonna get clients. And so I said, well, first of all, I got to establish myself. How am I going to do that? So I remember walking in the Whole Foods and I asked to speak with, um, I don't remember who I asked to speak with, but I asked, did you guys, do you give cooking demonstrations in that demo kitchen? And they said, yes. So then I said, oh, well, I'm a vegan and vegetarian chef and I would be interested in doing that. Um, if you guys are interested in having me and just wanting to know, you know, what would be the process in making that happen. And 
she said, hold on a minute, let me go get our marketing director. So the marketing director came, she came out, she was all excited and bubbly, she was like, I hear you're a vegan chef. And I was like, yes, I am. And she said, um, oh, this is perfect. Our, our customers and our clients have been looking for you. They've been asking for vegan and vegetarian cooking demonstrations. Nice. Hold on, let me get the store manager. And so before I left there, they were ready to book me for a six-week cooking demo. Oh, my Right goodness. there at that moment. And it was really funny, Monique, because I didn't have no business cards. I, didn't have, I was just going to see what they would say. Yeah. And it turned into something else and so I was able to like hold them off for another eight weeks and get myself established get me a business license some business cards and birth you know I, I took that eight weeks and I started scrambling around and then from there I went back and the rest is history and ever since then I've had a long um, working relationship with Whole Foods especially the ones in Las Vegas and um, that's really what sparked my career and from going I, and it went from there. Wow, that is incredible. I love it. <laughs> Just to be able to share that that um, that knowledge with people and to bring them in. So what did that look like, the cooking? So um, the demonstrations did Whole Foods you know, promote that for you and you just kind of show up and do your thing? How does that look? Right, exactly. What they did is they did, all, that was why the marketing director or marketing manager came out first because what they, what the deal that they would make, that we made was they would provide all of the marketing and all of the food. All I would have to do is show up. So I wasn't being paid for it. I was just um, marketing myself and then they were being, mar you know, marketing their goods and products there in the store because I was using their their um, groceries and their products to prepare my recipes. And then they would, you know, make announcements and my name was on the board. And then they had made this huge, like, um, poster easel with my picture on it and in one of the other stores. And so from there, I was able to generate um, a clientele, a working clientele, but I had bigger and even still aspirations because I started to realize at that point what the real reason and truth is behind a lot of the social, I call them social illnesses that plague us, mm -hmm. like diabetes and hypertension and how all of those things can be controlled via via your diet and, you know, con some consistent physical activity and, of course, you know, a, um, a uh, clean, what I call a clean living and non-stressful lifestyle. Yeah. So, um, so I wanted to be able to share this with people, and particularly African Americans. And so that took me in another direction where in Las Vegas, they have the university, the University of Nevada, which is in, based in Reno, have a branch in Vegas, and they call it Cooperative Extension. So it's University of Nevada, Reno Cooperative Extension. Uh -huh. And what they do is they go into the community um, based on grants that they have, and they teach um, at-risk populations um, exercise tips, eating better, this, this, that, and such. And so I started working with them in a program that they call Food for Health and Soul, which was specifically directed toward the African-American 
population. And then from there, we created together a spinoff of that for the Hispanic population called Cocinando Delicioso El Saludable, which means cooking healthy and delicious in Spanish. And so we took both of those um, programs out into the community and what the university allowed me to do is to add the vegan and vegetarian component nice. to food for health and soul. Um, and so, and, and it was free to the people in the community. Because the grant paid for you. Because the grant paid for. Nice. Now, but that was something that I did get paid for. I did get paid to do that because uh -huh. I was considered a community-based instructor under the under this particular program. So they trained me, gave me a certification, took me through a whole process, the university did, and then they allowed me to go out into the community and teach these classes. So now I'm thinking, oh, okay, well, you know, when African Americans see other African Americans that are living this and being this, they can relate to it. But if they're seeing other ethnic groups, if they're seeing Caucasians, they can't really connect with that because they'll say, oh, you know, the mentality in most cases, not all, is that that's for them, that don't apply to me, apply to me. When at the end of the day, the only thing that differentiates us is the color of our skin, but our bodies inside are functioning the same way. So unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for a lot of other ethnic groups, particularly Caucasians, they have a whole lot more resources available to them to do a whole lot more things. And when we start going into the African-American and Hispanic Latino communities where the resources are slim, we have to be able to be in a position to show and share them, meet them right where they are and show them and share with them how they can make the shift and how this really does apply to you. Um, and so that's been a part of my plight too. And so ultimately my goal is, and that's why I love what you're doing, um, is to become more um, in, in the face of people, you know, more in video, more on television, because it is my belief that more people would incorporate more vegan and plant-based meals into their daily lives if they a knew how to prepare them properly and so thanks to you myself and a whole other host of other people that are out there videotaping how to do this and how simple that is we got that part covered so if they a felt like if they a knew how to prepare them properly and b felt as if they didn't have to sacrifice you know, those homemade family favorites that they connect to on so many different levels, I really do believe that we could get more people to eat this way and incorporate it as a way of life and share it with their family. I agree. Yeah, like, yeah. especially when you talked earlier about how you veganized, you were kind of concerned about lo losing some of, you know, our culture. A lot of our culture, of yes. course, for everybody is the food. I mean, especially That's like, absolutely. yeah, so we want that. And you didn't want to lose any of that. So have you um, successfully, it sounds like you have, veganized some of your favorite dishes that you grew up oh. loving? I'm oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes, I have veganized everything. And the interesting part about it is it's done in a way because, you know, with food, food is so personal and it connects us to all of our senses. And so if one of those senses is off when you're preparing food for people, 
if one of, if they're not connected to that food via the way it looks, the way it smells, the way it tastes, the way it sounds, the sounds that come from it, and their ability to physically connect with it, they're not going to eat it. Yes. So, so you have to make sure. Well, what I wanted to do was make sure that I was going to connect to each and every one of their senses. And so when people come to my house or they come to a place where I prepare food, I just had a situation in Chicago. I went to Chicago to visit my family for Thanksgiving and a friend, a really close, one of my BFFs called me up and said, hey, one of her friends wants to give a dinner party on Friday, you get here on Tuesday. He'd been on your website. He wants to know if you will cater his, do his his party, and so we ended up working it out. And all of the people that came there were not vegan. And so him and I, right before his guests came, we had a discussion: Is this something that you want to share with them before they start eating, or not? And and he asked my opinion, and I said, well. I'm going to let you make that decision because I don't know the energy of your guests. But for me personally, I don't tell people until they ask me because it has been my personal experience that even though, however, if it was me, I would not tell them that it's vegan food Mm -hmm. unless they ask me because what has been my experience is that people will automatically, even though there is like a... um, high, high, high chance that they're going to like and enjoy the food, they'll automatically put up a mental block and won't even allow themselves to taste the food just because they know that it's vegan. Um, And so I wouldn't tell them unless they ask. And so what ended up happening is they ate everything. And I ended up getting another, um, another catering job from that particular job and everybody was so surprised that it was vegan because the menu was collard greens and cabbage, macaroni and please. I did, he wanted, um, he was very specific. He did want a meat substitute, a protein meat substitute. So I did some beyond uh, meat, chicken strips and peppers and onions with, uh, some other seasonings, and then I made some sweet and sour neat balls, and we did a, he wanted plantains, and so I did it some sweet and spicy peppered plantains, as well as I baked a lemon coconut cake and made all of the drinks. Mm. They ate everything. That's yeah. I love how you incorporate a lot of the things like the meatballs and things like that are really popular on right. the buffet table. So that sure. is just perfect. And then nobody second guessed it. It's just good. Nobody second it just and it looked good and it smelled good when they came in and they just started eating. Of course, I sat down with the host to find out what kind of menu did he want. Right. And he was African-American. So he, and he was from Atlanta. He was like, I want some soul food. Can you make some soul food? I said, well, actually, that is my specialty. And so we, you know, I made cornbread. I did. I mean, I, I set it all out. And um, and so to answer your questions, yes, to answer your question, yes, I have veganized um, just about everything, including 
other ethnic dishes like Italian foods, Mexican foods, Indian food. Well, a lot of Indian foods are already vegan, but yeah, I love that, don't yeah. you? <laughs> Chinese food. I did a, a Chinese food buffet for a girlfriend's birthday party one time, and um, yeah, so I I I can do it all. The thing that stands out for me a lot with you is the fact that you were able to turn this into a thriving business for yourself, and. I think that that's really, really important because, like you said before, there's not a whole lot of us that are out there doing this type of work. So I just love how you were able to do that. Do you have any advice for someone who is considering starting their own vegan business and, um, you know, using this lifestyle to help other people move forward in their journey? The only advice that I would give is the same advice that I would give someone who is starting to incorporate this way of life and this way of eating and that is to be patient with yourself because they're going there's always going to be um, things that you didn't plan for shifts turns I mean this has taken me not only in a business but it has literally taken me Monique across country for three years in the row I was the head vegan and vegetarian chef for a children's summer camp in Virginia. I wouldn't have even known that that existed yeah. had I not put myself out there and connected with like the vegetarian. I would say, I would also tell people again, whether this is something that you want to create as a business for yourself or whether it's something, just a way of life that you want to incorporate for yourself. Utilize as many resources that are available to you. Go online, the Vegetarian Resource Group, the Vegan Society. Now we have Vegan Mainstream. We have you. There's me. I would say utilize all of those resources because this has literally almost been a 10-year journey for me. And as a reason, I'm just now really starting to really see the fruits of my labor. It's been a lot, a lot of work. Um, but a lot of that is based on building credibility. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. I think that is so key. I love how you said the importance of putting yourself out there and connecting because a lot of times we can be our worst enemy when it comes to starting a business, especially like this, where you kind of have some hangups in your mind where you're thinking, well, I should give this away for free. I should do all this for free. And that's not really the case. People, a lot of times, will take... Um, they do better and move forward more when they put their money into it, when they invest in something. Sometimes you put things that are free, they don't really think about it, they don't really care as much. Well, it has no value to Absolutely. them at that free point. Doesn't. It has right. It has no value to them at that point. And Absolutely. then when you really look at it, no matter what people hear or what it appear to be, there's nothing in life that's free. So when you when you don't put have any value to it you don't you know you, if you don't have to put anything into it excuse me then it is it is of no value to you the other thing that i would also suggest to to someone that's looking to make this a business for themselves and looking to share it with the world i created a motto my objective is to change the world one vegetarian and vegan meal at a time yes. In doing that, you have to stay focused because sometimes what will happen, and this has been my experience, and I'm sure you could probably agree with me, is that when you see what other people are doing, you know, oh, she's doing this already. Oh, well, I was going to do that. Oh, well, she's doing that or he's doing that. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, well, they've already done it. 
And then you start thinking that, well, maybe there's no room for me, you know, or what I got to say because or what I have to offer because she's done it. She's doing it already. He's doing it already. They're doing it already. They're doing it over here. They're doing it over there. That was something that I had to forcibly, forcibly fight my way through when I started seeing other people do things and it's looking like they're becoming a success at it and I'm still working on my stuff. I would say that's going to happen. There's enough out there for everybody. And when we're sharing this message, please, we can all come together and learn from one another. Yes. Stay preach, focused. Preach, preach. Stay focused. <laughs> Keep going. That's why when you sent me, actually, when you sent me the request, I was traveling, right? And I'm still traveling. <laughs> and, I, and I looked at my calendar, right? And I was like, okay. They're, they're all Wednesdays. She's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. That means that I'm going to have to make some adjustments. So do you want to do this right away, Ethiopia, or do you want to do it later towards the month? And then I thought, no, this is, she's asking me. I want to be available for her. So I appreciate that because <laughs> I know you're busy and I really, really appreciate your time and I know this will help other people, you know, people who are starting their journey and people who uh, want to start a business, because I think that that's a part that's missing, too. We definitely need to figure out ways to monetize this so that, you know, yes. so that you can be good uh, for the people who you're trying to serve. If you can't take care of your obligations, then how can you serve people at your best? So I think it's exactly. really important to have that. So I, there I, should be no shame in that. <laughs> exactly. Also, um, part of what made me lit the fire up under me really to go ahead and do the book and do the um, the calendar is I also had an opportunity through vegan, not vegan mainstream, but um, through the vegetarian resource group, they have a whole plethora of uh, books and pamphlets and information. And they also have a magazine called the Vegetarian Journal. And once I became a member, pay my annual membership you get the magazine quarterly and I noticed in the magazine that they always feature like an, an ethnic group one specific ethnic group and a vegan vegan recipes for that ethnic group so I contacted them and asked them if they would be interested in doing a um, soul food uh, article for vegan soul food and they did and so I wrote an article for them called vegan soul food for the holidays nice. that was done in 2000 and um, it, it was actually published 2011 mm -hmm. for their November December winter issue. So, um, so I love yes. it. You're just a go getter. You just go out there and just make it happen for yourself. This is inspiring for me because sometimes I have a tendency to just kind of like just stay behind the computer. And, and I'm thinking about like the wheels are turning as we're talking like, okay, I have a local Whole Foods. Let's see about me going in and doing some cooking right. for them and connecting with people in my community. So you definitely got the wheels turning for me because I, there's some, some, some holes in my model that need to be filled <laughs> in my I, business listen, model. <laughs> I, I, I completely understand where you're coming from because the, the same is with me as well. However, you know, but when I look at you and when I look at what you're doing online and anybody else for that matter, you don't see that part. However, we all can be working and striving to be better and tighter and stronger and, you know, serve more and offer more and so on and so forth. So I'm happy 
at this point that now that has enlightened you in a way where you're like, okay, well, maybe I can do this. That's fantastic because um, you motivate me um, on in another perspective, like, okay, Ethiopia, you got to get it together, girl. You need to post more videos. You need to stop cooking, take more pictures, post that information. Because when I get in the flow of it, I'm not thinking about that. That's yeah. not. What? You have That's to train yourself, though, because I used to be like that, too. It was just like. I hope people don't. People probably don't even think I'm cooking because you just really have to train yourself to be like, okay, know, let me take a picture like, really oh fast. Oh my god! <laughs> because I'm doing so much I at that it. moment, especially you know with the cafe and that I was running, and you know even when I was the chef for the um, for the summer camp, and you know I'm moving so fast because my job is not just preparing the food. I'm actually organizing and you know managing and so there's some some other hats that I'm wearing in addition to creating the menus and creating the foods and coming to make sure that you know the prep cooks are prepping it the exact way that I want it so there's some other things that's on my on my mind but you're absolutely right and so I'm going to take this as a motivation from you to me, I will receive it, and I am going to affirm to myself that I'm going to record more, take more pictures of my food and what I'm doing and my cooking, and continue to share it. So tell us about your calendar, because I know you have that coming out in a couple of months or so. So let us know, like, what what was your um, your mission with the calendar? My mission with the calendar, again, goes back to my overall personal mission and my professional objective which is the change which is to change the world one vegetarian and vegan meal at a time so that was my overall mission with that and so i had to think about how can i reach people in a way that's clear simple concise and informative and they can take this information and use it right on the spot because if you think about it if you go to everybody's house most everyone have a calendar hanging up some people have a calendar from two or three years back still hanging up but most people, <laughs> most people have a calendar hanging up and so I thought um, this is a great way to do this because I want to show you know what you get when you talk to people about it is oh it's so difficult oh it's so much time oh it takes so much energy oh I got to do so much girl all oh, the preparation and it's really, I always share with people, it's really no, no more energy than what you're doing already. It's just a shift in what you're doing and what you're purchasing. Absolutely. And so, so, and how you're preparing what you're purchasing. But it's the same amount of energy. So I figured if I could put it in a calendar form where it's almost like bullet points or pieces of information or dots of information or really quick recipes that only can consist of five or six ingredients then they could get that and then they could see my objective is for them to see at the end of one year even if they if they don't follow it every single day that this is not as difficult as I thought it was I and love maybe it. I can now incorporate a little bit more of this into my life now 
Yeah, I love it. I love how you're going to focus on the seasonal foods and, you know, like yes. a fruit or vegetable of the month. I love that they're going to be recipes. Yes. I think this will really, because it'll keep it in people's faces. I know you say a lot of people have like old calendars on our wall, but for me, I'm really, <laughs> really conscious about what I'm putting on my calendar. So if it's in my face and it's on a wall like that, I'm going to definitely do it. So I think it's a great I, way to transition slowly into this lifestyle. By the end of 12 months, you would have made so like amazing transformation in your life it's actually called 365 days of plant-based cooking eating and living made easy so there will not be 365 recipes there will only be um what is three times 12 uh, um, 36 36 so there will only be a total of 36 recipes oh total. i see okay so because it'll be a rest a soup recipe an entree recipe and a dessert recipe of the month so that's three recipes per month. And then there will be, obviously, there's 12 months in a year. So there's only 36 recipes. However, the reason why it's titled Plant-Based Cooking, Eating, and Living is because all of the information that will be going into the day-to-day -day stuff is going to be information that they can use connected to either eating, I mean, connected to either cooking plant-based eating um, excuse me, cooking plant-based foods, eating plant-based foods, and or living that lifestyle so that cooking and eating it now becomes a lot more easier for you. I love that. So can you tell us where we can reach you online, like your blog and your social Absolutely. media? Yes, I am on all social media. My website is www.ifayomi.com, and that's spelled I, F as in Frank, A as in apple, Y as in yellow, O as in orange, M as in melon, I as in igloo.com. Um, and from there, you can access all of my other social media. I am on uh, Facebook. I am on Twitter, Chef Ifayomi. Facebook, Chef Ifeomi, LinkedIn, Chef Ifeomi, <laughs> Skype, I'm Ifeomi1. My blog is called The Bugalafini Vegan Organic Soul Kitchen, which can also be accessed through my website as well. I it really, is. really appreciate you being on a podcast. Take Thank care. You so much. You're Thank welcome. you so much for having me and know that I'm available anytime that you want to reach out to me. Please feel free I appreciate and keep that. up the great work. Thank you. Thank I really, you. Same to you. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Brown Vegan Podcast. Visit brownveganpodcast.com to get the resources mentioned in this episode. While you're there, join the Brown Vegan VIP list for a weekly newsletter and free vegan classes. Thanks for listening to the Brown Vegan Podcast. Visit brownveganpodcast.com to get the resources mentioned in this episode. While you're there, join the Brown Vegan VIP list for a weekly newsletter and free vegan classes.